Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Mims the Word. Uh, I'm joined today as a special treat by both our Managing Director Rowan Williams and our Operations Director Cindy Slaughter. Hello. Hi. Hello. So for this week what we're doing is we're actually trialling something a bit different. Uh, Not only have we got two guests but we are uh, trialling having some background music playing throughout uh, while we're talking. so we'll we'll see how that sounds. Uh, if you, as a listener, have any sort of feedback on that, uh, please do let us know uh, via an email, or um, you can contact us on socials. Um, right. So, is there any more sort of mim news that we want to talk about? Uh, no, I think it's good weather in and around the office, so I'm quite happy. All the windows are open, the fans are on. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's quite nice to have a warm office. Cindy, anything to add? Well, there is one negative to the hot weather, and that is the static shocks that come with it, which has been a, a trend in the office over the past week. We have to sidle up to all the tech equipment. I think it's, we tried to be really, you know, hipster with our, with our fit out of the office and put uh, fake grass or AstroTurf down on the floor, um, and I think we're regretting that majorly. I mean, it looks cool, but it's, yeah, there's static everywhere. I feel like it also retains quite a lot of heat, so it's probably what's making it hotter. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a lot of insulation in this office going on. Um, but yeah, no, apart from that, no, no real news. So yeah, moving on to some current affairs. Uh, Boris Johnson resigning yesterday. Yeah, I think this is an interesting one, and I don't think we should get into the politics of it. Um, But it's really interesting from a personal branding perspective, um, putting the politics aside for one one minute. I think the way that uh, he, if you look into the the speech that he gave in particular, uh, he, he was in some ways passing the buck a little bit. I don't know what your thoughts on it were, Cindy. I possibly can't get into it without getting into the politics, but I am inclined to agree. Perfect. So um, I think from a personal brand perspective, you know, having taken office two and a half years ago, he uh, his brand was, I guess, at a height uh, at that time. Um, and, you know, winning a, a, an increased majority over um, Theresa May's uh, government. So, um, you know, I think his his personal brand was, was in a really good place, even though some might disagree even at that point. But um, I think now it's a little bit in tatters. Um, there's some really interesting um, marketing campaigns and branding campaigns that are going on. I've seen one from Brewdog this week, um, another from uh, Burger King with a tagline of... Uh, apparently there is such a thing as having too many whoppers Um, so you know some brands are taking advantage of it Um, I wouldn't recommend all brands do that necessarily I think we should keep the politics to a minimum a little bit Um, but it's just really interesting from a personal branding perspective I think the other person we should focus on in terms of personal brand is uh, and again apologies for going back to tennis which I do on a regular basis is becoming a regular thing now um, Wimbledon and Nick Kyrgios the Aussie um, has a bit of a temper also has a victim's complex so he's always a victim on everything and um, he's kind of seen as one of the bad boys 
of tennis. Um, he, yeah, he regularly is um, having a go at umpires, line judges, um, all of those kinds of things. Um, but yet his personal brand at the moment is through the roof. You know, people are watching him, uh, especially the younger generation are really interacting well with him. So, you know, his personal brand is on a high. So Rowan, would you say that you align with him in your tennis tennis style? Uh, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's wise to enter that subject of what I'm like on a tennis court. Um, generally, off the tennis court, I'm very chilled, um, as you can tell by my monotone voice. I'm fairly relaxed, calm. On the tennis court, I think is a completely separate issue which should not be addressed in a podcast publicly. <laughs> and I think we should leave it at that and draw a line under it. Okay. <laughs> Cindy, what are your thoughts on Nick Kyrgios? Um, I think tennis and... It, he stands... Sorry. I think he stands out because tennis is generally a squeaky clean sport. I personally am more of a football fan. And therefore, I think things don't stand out quite so obviously um, and therefore not quite so much is made of a big deal. Okay, cool. Perfect. Chris, what's next? I mean, next was more of a sort of personal choice of subject. Um, And this stems from the fact that I constantly seem to get, you know, NASA updates on my news feed. (laughs) Okay. I don't know why. I must have searched it once and it just literally just keeps going up. Basically, the uh, the Mars missions uh, and the, the rovers, they want to bring back uh, materials and minerals from Mars, um, obviously to learn more about... Uh, they're, they're looking for, obviously, possible signs of ancient life on the planet. Um, and uh, this is causing a bit of uh, controversy, I think, because... To, to me, at face value, I think it's because of, obviously, all the terrible things that happen in movies where these sorts of things happen. A.K.A. The Martian. Yeah, I mean, Alien. <laughs> there's, there's lots of things <laughs> where these, uh, you know, these things turn into complete horror scenes. But, um, but I, think it's, I think it's quite important research that they're doing because, you know, this sort of wider scope on minerals, geology all that sort of stuff, it can lead to so many things that you wouldn't expect, you know. They could find somehow a route to, you know, curing certain diseases on the on, on this planet because of something they've discovered on that planet. You know, or um, I think they also want to learn about the atmosphere on that planet. Again, more to do with uh, potential ancient life that was on Mars. But I'm fairly on the side of encouraging it because I think, you know... Uh, learning is good you know the knowledge about it is good do you think there's any chance that they might find evidence of intelligent life and therefore the answer to facebook ads (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure that's what i'm interested in (laughs) because at the moment no one knows maybe it will know how to do an effective facebook ad yeah because i mean facebook just keep changing everything so you know, is there any chance they could bring back the answer to Facebook ads? Um, you know, that's, think, that's yeah. all I want to know. 
I think what, what, what sort of interested me in this, in relation to the podcast and what we could discuss is really uh, that controversy. It's like how something is marketed or, or written online, you know, how it can influence different people. You know, some people see it in a really positive light, the others will see it in a negative way, but it's the same article. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, all jokes aside, the way that content writers and businesses in general write a piece of content can really change the emotions that it brings. So you could have an article that's, you know, talking about challenges, but actually um, structure it and word it in a really positive way. So, you know, avoiding negative words like no um and difficult and you know all those kind of negative connotation words um and restructuring the sentences and restructuring the blog in a way that shines a more positive light on something that's negative alternatively you could have something that's really positive um and and play it down by the use of language so um you know i don't know how the how they structure it whenever you see it is it positive is it negative um, but I'm sure that just in the way that you can manipulate data um, from a quantitative perspective, on a qualitative level, you could also misconstrue words or restructure words in a way that um, downplays a positive effect or downplays a negative effect and vice versa. And Rowan, you've used a bit of a buzzword there for our industry, which is data. And I've got a Strong feeling that we should run a podcast on data in the coming weeks. I think absolutely. Marketing is now, especially in the last decade or so, become more and more about data. You know, I would say at least half the work that we do is around data, whether it's um, you know statistics or um, lead management on behalf of clients, that kind of stuff. Um, it's all around data. Um, and, and more and more projects that we're doing are also focused on data. And of course the ROI, which is really where our clients are looking at how we're performing. Um, moving swiftly on to, uh, well, back to the weather actually. Um, you know, summer holidays and summer vibes are on their, well on their way. Um, so what sort of, you know, for a marketing agency marketing function what should people be marketing during these summer months for me i guess it depends on the client i'm running a very interesting uh, series campaign for a skincare clinic at the moment um they're one of our in fact they are our longest standing clients and they are currently running an spf campaign making sure that all of our clients or sorry all of their patients are using their SPF interestingly they uh, encourage people to wear SPF every day of the year regardless of the weather or how much time you're spending inside but of course because more people are inclined to use those products at this time of year it feels like the right time for them to be leaning into that topic and um, imparting knowledge on uh, in and around that space so I'd say any products or uh, gadgets etc that lean directly into the time of year that's going to make people's summer even better would you agree Rowan 
for, so it, it really depends on what industry you're working in, I think is the main thing for me. If you're looking at the IT industry, which you know we're, we're working more and more in on a daily basis, July, well, end of July at least, through the whole of August, tends to be when a lot of people take their uh, annual leave. And that means that really not a lot happens internally. Also, it's, you may not get the best return on investment if you are doing marketing activities. My recommendation would be use that time as an opportunity to strategize, to plan for you know the last quarter of the year, um, especially if you're a B2B organization, um, and, and come back in September with a renewed focus, potentially give your marketing team or work with your marketing team or work yourself if you are in the marketing team on preparing a campaign or collateral for the rest of the year or at least working on a plan for the rest of the year so that when schools go back in September you can really hit the ground running for that last quarter of the of the calendar year. So I guess like with anything it's really looking at the industry that you're in and who you're trying to target and what you're actually trying to promote so look at the specifics of your own and your audience's requirements cool so some really interesting points there from both of you thank you um and yeah you as a listener if you want to contact us for any other uh, guidance again please hit us up on email or the socials um moving on to tip of the week uh this week uh, we want to talk about campaign marketing rowan do you want to lead us on that yeah so this is something that you know as an agency we're really passionate about it's um We've recently done a campaign where, and, and for those of you that are not aware of what we mean by the word campaign, it is a set of focused activities and collaterals that are produced around the same topic, um, all pushing to one objective, right? So, you know, you might have a campaign on TVs, right? So if you're selling TVs, you're going to have a campaign around, you know, the hottest selling TVs that you're selling at the moment. Um, which ones are good for different types of usage, different types of lights, different sizes, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you create a set of activities, so social media, email, events, webinars, whatever it is, if you're a B2C or B2B, um, create a set of focused activities that you know, maybe takes uh, a buyer on a journey you know, from educating them around what's the latest technology, if we use the analogy of TVs, what's the latest technology in TVs, you know, why do you get what you pay for in TVs in that space, and then maybe going to a little bit more complex, you know, what's the difference between ULED, OLED, QLED, all that kind of stuff, and taking them on that journey. So having a set of focused activities is what we mean by a marketing campaign. Now, a lot of businesses often focus on various products and various solutions. They don't usually just have one um, SKU. Um, they have multiple products and multiple services or multiple solutions. And therefore, it's really important that campaign marketing is taken seriously because it allows you to focus on just one product or just one solution and take that to market uh, and produce a whole set of collateral. So you'd have you know, maybe six social posts over three months specifically around that two blogs, maybe a video, um, and you really start to generate a whole load of interest just around that one piece uh, of content. 
how far in advance would you plan these campaigns run? I think that's a really good question. And again, this goes back to my previous thing, which is around summer, you know, that, that August, late July to August planning. I would, usually we would start about eight weeks before the launch of the campaign um, with about three months. If you're having an event at the end of that campaign, which is the, the major call to action that we usually say, which is have all that collateral, have all those, you know, focused activities and pieces of collateral, but drive it towards a compelling event or a compelling you know, need. Is there a deadline? You know, is it a software that's going end of life and you need to convert? Or is there an event that you're having at the end of it, whether it's virtual or in person, doesn't really matter. Um, but in terms of notification, right, you need to start planning at least eight weeks in advance, we say. Again, it depends if you have an agency that you work with that can do a quicker turnaround or if you have resources internally within your own business. But usually we say eight weeks in terms of from planning to the start of the campaign um, and from planning through to the actual event, if you're having a compelling event, then it would be three months. Thank you. Um, I think August is a very well-timed month for us internally then because we work with so many tech-based companies. Um, October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, so it's a great time for us to sit down with our clients and work out the focus for them within that particular remit yeah no i absolutely agree i think when you look at the end of the year usually october november is um conference season so Mm -hmm. there'll be loads of conferences loads of award ceremonies all that kind of great stuff within the b2b space so actually running a campaign at that time might be really useful you might be able to tag on to a conference or an exhibition and host an event maybe in the evening um, at one of those so running a campaign with a with an event attached to an exhibition or a conference even one that you're sponsoring um, could be a really wise way to spend your marketing funds nice well thank you for that overview of campaign marketing um, moving lastly on to the tool of the week uh, this week we've chosen Grammarly which is a product that quite a few of us use I personally don't so I will hand it over to you Cindy to Uh, elaborate on Uh, so Grammarly once again a bit of a godsend from our perspective it's a tool that checks out all of your your grammar as you may imagine but also uh, your spelling your sentence construction and depending on which subscription you have to it it obviously gives you more and more feedback on the written content that you are putting in I think it overlays on a majority of programs but i don't think it actually goes over google am i right so it does integrate with google chrome so you can have an as an extension in there but there are native uh, integrations with other platforms um, that you use so um, however i i agree that it is a great product overall ultimately it's um it is an advanced word processing type um, activity, but there are limitations. Mm-hmm. There, in, especially when I've used it, I've found that Grammarly loves a hyphen. Um, you know, if if I'm writing 500 words, Grammarly might suggest about 10 to 15 occasions where there might be a hyphen, and I just think it's, you know, it's over hyphenated a little bit. So. 
take it with a pinch of salt. Also make sure you've got it set to the right version of English if you're using it in English. It does have other languages, but make sure that you're setting it to you know UK English if you're using UK English or US English if you're using US English. So a couple of you know small things I think that they they could look at, but overall it is still a, a very good tool. What I particularly like about it is that it gives you an indication of the tone that you're using. So whether it be that it's particularly formal or insightful or um, very friendly, it guides you on that so you can write your content accordingly. Um, I find that particularly useful on emails when you're trying to get the tone right with clients or potential clients. Just as always, I'd like to say we're not actually partners with Grammarly. Uh, It's just the chosen uh, tool within MIM. Great. Well, I think that pretty much sums up for this week's episode. Um, Once again, thank you, Rowan. Thank you, Cindy, for joining me. You're welcome. You're most welcome. And as usual, if you have any questions or comments, uh, any feedback, uh, please do let us know via social platforms or send us an email, uh, links of which are in the description. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you.